So I'm going to lead us in. Okay. And then I'm going to introduce myself, and then you introduce yourself, and oh, then no. we'll start on the interview. Oh, no. I need to take notes. What's my name? <laughs> okay. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> shake it out. Shake it out. <laughs> shake it out. Shake it out. All right. All right. All right. More clap syncs. <laughs> Hey Rollers, it's a Josh. What you're about to hear is part two of the Gabe's Summer Camp Stravaganza. Before we dive into that, I've got a couple of quick announcements to make. First, we're live streaming one of Alex's forests in a two-part chaos adventure. The live streams will be June 22nd and July 6th at 7.30pm Eastern Standard Time over at all lowercase bit.ly slash goblin twitch. The video will be available on Twitch after the live streams for a very limited two-week period. After that, if you want to catch all the shenanigans as they happened live, you'll need to be on our Patreon at the $5 or higher level. Don't have the moolah to subscribe over at patreon.com slash goblinscrawlers? No sweat! We're also releasing the audio here on the main feed. It should prove to be something a little different and fun while we're gabeless this summer. For my other announcement, it's official! We're going to be at Queen City Anime Con this August 5th through the 7th in Charlotte, North Carolina. We'll be doing a whole host of panels, running live games, working the G&G merch booth, and maybe even playing a QPR live show. If you're going to be there, we'd love to see your faces. All right, let's get into this. Thanks, y'all. This is Quid Pro Roll, a fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. Hello, Rollers, and welcome to this year's Quid Pro Retrospective, featuring myself, Josh Maltby. And, dun-dun-dun, it's me, the Gabe, the sound guy. Or Gabriel, if you're not into that whole brevity thing. Hello, sound guy Gabriel. Hello, uh, Solinar player Josh. <laughs> slash interviewer. <laughs> A man of many hats. Oh, so many hats. That's the joy of working with goblins and growlers, is all the hats you get to wear. I love hats. So many hats. It feels like Team Fortress 2 up in here. Yes. You know, I have yeah. a, uh, a a hat cupboard. You know, I didn't know this about you, but if someone had walked up to me on the street and said, hey, you know that guy, Gabe? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, he's got a hat cupboard. I would have been like, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> I would have been like, who are you and why do you know so much about game? <laughs> what the hell? Look, man, I don't know who all you hang out with. I'm not going to question everything. <laughs> you know that Gabe? He keeps his hats in a cupboard. <laughs> like a like a freak. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't, I don't think that's that weird. It keeps his hats very nice, I'm sure. Keeps them clean. That's <laughs> the idea. I don't want to get dusty. Right, exactly. They still get dusty, though. Dust gets everywhere. That's kind of, that's kind of how dust do. So, you know. Get it away. Anyway, so we're here for an interview today, right? Yeah, we're here, we're here for the Quid Pro Retrospective, which is something we did last year. With everyone but you, because you had already left for camp when we were like, oh, this is something we should do. Rude. Uh, this year, I was smart enough to get a hold of you before you left for camp so that I could get your thoughts and opinions on stuff. And maybe, I don't think we've got anything planned for doing 
the rest of the cast this year, but maybe next year we can get everybody on one quid pro retrospective. That would be, be wild. The really like unifying. It'll be like the band reunion. It'll be great. It'll be the the quid pro riggedy riggedy retrospective. <laughs> Retrospect yourself before you wreck yourself. Respect yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> I don't know why I turned that into a Beastie Boys song, but I'm I don't here. I don't know. I'm here for it. Absolutely. So, starting things out, I'm going to bring us all the way back. Rewind the clocks. Tick 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 tick. The year is 2018. Prehistoric sounds. It is, I believe, if I recall correctly, either August or September. Mm. Because I know for a fact the first recording night at Alon's apartment was in October. Was October, yes. Yeah. And I believe we had about a month or two of planning time before then. The Goblins and Growlers crew attends a DMMD, ultimately recruiting Alex off of that DMMD, which... As I recall, DMMD to begin with was your project. Yeah. So uh, like a decade ago. Oh, my gosh. Uh, whenever fifth edition first came out, I can't remember exactly when. But I remember oh. when, when, when fifth edition first came out, there was a YouTube series they did. It was three episodes long, and it was the Dungeon Master Support Group. And it was a bunch of DMs sitting around table or just sitting around, and they were like doing the the like, classic support group thing once it's i have it i have this issue i keep giving too many magic items to my players and then one of them goes well in the fifth edition dungeon uh, dungeon master's guide you see here it talks about attunement so now you can actually put attunement on magic items limiting the number of items that your players can use and the person's like oh i feel freed and i, and I remember watching that <laughs> being like oh, wow that's a goofy but genius idea why don't i have a dm support group because i always have this problem of Every like I, I come up with a neat idea or I have a question about balancing and all the people in my circle are either my players or care nothing about Dungeons and Dragons and would rather I not talk to them about it. <laughs> so I don't I don't I didn't have a good knowledge base to bounce ideas off of. Um and then a couple years later, uh I had a, a, a friend who finally pushed me to because uh, I, I had had the idea of like, if I had done this, I would do it maybe at Alpha. I wonder if Alpha would be open. Specifically, because I don't know if you've seen Fight Club, but there's that the literally the whole first bit where it's like, oh yeah, this guy let us use his basement after the bar closes type of thing. And in, in my mind, that's what Alpha was, was a, 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 a seedy dive bar that has a, a big open <laughs> warehouse basement that I could get a bunch of people into and sit around with a single light source. And yeah, I proposed the idea to Alex and I was not expecting her to be so on board with it, but she was like, yes, this sounds great. Let's coordinate and come up with an idea. And then gorgeously, I went to camp right as the idea came to fruition. So the very first DMMD I missed, <laughs> but I was also, I was not super in control of my own life at that time. I was very much flying by the seat of my pants. It was going through a lot of like, depression, wild uh, career change and life changes and living situation changes and stuff like that. So doing the DMMD thing was very much a, 
eh, you know what, let's see what happens. The worst thing that could happen is rejection. And then, eh, I'll apply for this camp. The worst thing that could happen is rejection. And then I get accepted by both. And I'm like, oh no, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't surely, anticipate this. <laughs> surely not all of these things will work out. They all worked out, you say. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, and this is when I discovered that I sometimes have good ideas. I I have found that you frequently have good ideas. I I, I didn't I didn't I wouldn't have believed it before then. But now, well, and then and then like like you were saying, I think it was around it was August, I believe. Late, I think it was the August one that we all first met. That sounds right. That was the right. first one that I I was back for. It was like the third ever DMMD because the second ever DMMD was like July or Alon, something. myself. Alex and a couple of other people. Yeah, and you were you were decidedly not there. Yeah, I was in July because <laughs> I was that was mid mid camp, and then I think I I got back for the next one, and we all met. And I remember Alon was like, uh, he he had a bunch of questions, which were really cool because it was creating engagement, and then wanted to, he, we we got on the subject of uh, conventions, and I was talking about Dragon Con. He was like, I'm literally about to go to Dragon Con. I was like. What? What are the odds? I'm I'm not this year because I have to. That I was gonna go to my dad's wedding. Shakes fist at random chance, but it, it was a good wedding. It was fun. But then upon upon the return for the September DMMD, yeah, that's when that's when everything exploded. And it was like right after the DMMD, and Alan was talking about like the idea of coming up with a podcast, and he was like, "Man, like." What what we really need is like just someone who like has like a world like built like ready, and Alex <laughs> goes, "Oh, I have one of those," and Alan's like, "Oh, cool. All right. Well, I guess the only thing that we would need now is like a like like someone to do the audio because like I could do the audio, but like I you know I'm still working through like this this job and also this stuff has been a long time and I'm like and I and I piped and I was like, oh, well, I have a degree in uh, audio production, a lot of audio software and some experience and. Uh, working with recordings and a lot of us like uh it's convenient thank you <laughs> it, it was definitely where did you come from <laughs> it was definitely one of those moments where like the clouds part and the face in the sky is like good good, good. Yes. uh like that quote from rat race where it's like uh good things take time but great things happen all at once there is something to be said for that i will fully agree Kind of in that in that vein, what what sorts of things did you do at the point that you were like, I'm going to be editing a podcast? Like what mm. what did you do to prepare yourself mentally, emotionally, equipmentally mm. for that situation? Well, to pull on. So I, I, I come from a, a somewhat military family and also a, a pretty Spanish American family. And so something that I was taught many times in my life, and it didn't really stick until, again, like this this era, this chapter in my life where I was like finally taking some, not just responsibility, but like some self-care is this concept of always say yes to opportunities and then figure out how to deliver afterwards. Um, and this was very much that, like there were a handful of times or other things. This one time a church asked me to do their video, their their camera controls. And they were like, we use Blackmagic Digital, Blackmagic Design, which I thought was a great name for hardware used in a church. <laughs> but 
yeah, I had no idea about that software. But I was like, yeah, sign me up. And then I just Googled the everything for that software. Uh, and I learned too much. Didn't need all of it. And that's what happened with this too, uh, where I was like, oh, cool, podcasting. I don't really know. I'm not a big podcast listener. I don't know what goes into this. And then I read a whole bunch of articles and found out that I already have all the equipment. I already owned a pretty nice MacBook Logic Pro X, all that, uh, a nice, I, I have one nice microphone and headphones. And that was pretty much the whole kit that you needed, according to them, them being the articles. <laughs> and then from there, I was like, well, let's see what the rest of us have. Because I have things, I have mics, I have cables, I have interfaces, but I don't know what the rest of the group has. And Alon seems, seemed and seems still, to have his machinations like sort of set up and then he presents them like, ta-da, I didn't tell you about this, but now it's here. Six microphones or four and a, a, a proper recording interface, which was cool. And fortunately, I will say that the, I, I, I am grateful for the, uh, my, my degree in the fact that while like artistic expression and the ability to manipulate sound and stuff like that i didn't necessarily learn there that's something that i had practiced for many years before the vocabulary and things like that and like the technical expectations that's definitely something that i learned at university and coming in looking at like the task cam and like i know what all these buttons do i know how to set the gain and i oh this is this is brilliant i feel i feel i feel knowledgeable that was so tremendously helpful early on. I can I can say for a fact that the Tascam and the microphones and the arms for the microphones and then all the shock mounts, all of that was all gear that Alan bought after coming up with the idea that we were going to do a podcast. Um, he yeah. had he had some money squirreled away and he was like, Well, if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it right, damn it. Yes. And it the funny thing is that none of the gear, he had bought it all, but none of it had shipped yet. And so it hadn't arrived for us to set up when we did our first recording session, that yeah. session zero that kind of goes down in uh, cast infamy because it was about like Byron Weeaboo and- Lord Byron the Weeaboo. <laughs> oh, and all the characters were in like really rough development. Of oh my God. None of us had figured out anything yet. We recorded on a snowball. A all single things. snowball mic in the middle of a dining room table. <laughs> if you were thinking about starting a podcast, do not fall for that <laughs> trap. A lot of people say, oh, you just you, you just need a snowball. You can do your, your, your interview recordings just around a table. Don't. It's bad. No. Absolutely <laughs> not. I almost had to kobold myself. Uh -huh. um. <laughs> Absolutely, don't do it. <laughs> you you saw the gear coming together. You had a decent idea of how to work with it all. What were kind of your expectations at the point that we were set up and just starting to record? What were your expectations for like where the podcast was going to go? What like episode lengths were going to be like? Those sorts of things. Well, I, I remember we we had some discussions, but I will say prior to those discussions, like the thoughts in my head were, I really don't. I don't want them to be three-hour episodes like Critical Role. And there's, there's a couple others that have like really long episodes. And granted, they're not podcasts, but uh, a, a lot of those like 
live play things. They're just, I was like, I don't, I do not want to have to edit a more than a like a two hour chunk of just consistent audio. But we were talking about like, you know, doing like a solid recording session, like record an entire like three hour session. And then we were like, well, then we could like chop it into like two episodes or three episodes or see how that works. Which for listeners who have listened to the first three episodes of the podcast, that is exactly what that is. It is us recording for about, <laughs> I think, I think, I can't remember because we also found out that the Tascam times out its recording. <laughs> um, and then it'll start a new one, but it's like a, there's like a 10 second gap as it saves one and then starts a new file. So it's like, I think it was like three hours or, or something just under that, that it does that hiccup. And so that was a, that was an interesting obstacle. But yeah, that like that that was that was some of my expectations with like episode lengths. Like I don't I don't want to do something big and I'm glad that we have come closer to shorter episodes. Uh, especially as a weekly podcast because that's definitely something I did not anticipate. Was I was like, "Oh yeah, weekly. That's easy peasy." I means I got like 7 days to work on this. But then I forget that as a human in a world i do have to fit other things into those seven days like eating sleeping working socializing and i was like oh i can't just be plugged into a computer (laughs) just surfing the the audio waves with the zoom call ready call recording lady well there's there's also something to be said for i know when we were first starting out I think Alan was the only one, you and Alan were the only ones who had ever edited audio before. So all of us were like, well, how how expensive can a banana be, Michael? $10? Like, uh-huh. we, were, we were like, how long could it possibly take to edit one hour of audio? Like, that's what, like a two-hour, three-hour process? Surely it will be so easy. <laughs> then I, I, I get it there. I'll say the, the first couple episodes, like, we, we also didn't really have an idea of what the like the the production sound was going to be like just with like how how many edits where the edits will be it wasn't until shoot when i think when like i went away for camp again and alan edited some episodes that alan came to me with like this this note where he's like hey i think we should make the podcast just ridiculously punchy <laughs> and i'm like what does that mean and then i looked at his computer and he had like 200 cuts or something already on the audio and my eye i was like oh that's definitely not what i've been doing (laughs) he was like this and i was like well i can do that that is definitely but but before before that like you can hear a lot of dead space and episodes a lot of clicks and pops from people sucking their teeth or uh, uh parting their tongue from the roof of their mouth as they begin talking and then and it's not that nowadays that I try to eliminate all of that, but I do try to get rid of some of that, especially when it's like right into the mic, <laughs> where it's like, it does, Ooh, I didn't like hearing that. No, no, no. It does make the audio sound a lot cleaner these days than it ever did in the first like 40 or so episodes. And the other, the other thing I have noticed is the sounds of like stuff hitting the table, things like that are almost gone entirely now except on the occasions where it's like something crashes in the background and we're like yeah. what was that yeah and so yeah. it becomes part it of cat. the audio <laughs> yeah those are those, those are good moments it's also uh, i'll say what you just illustrated was a 
very big shift for us in the podcast when we went from recording around a table, sharing a table, and so all those mics were connected to the same boom stands and shock mounts on the same table. And we were learning like, oh, maybe we shouldn't wing our metal dice at this solid wood wooden table so it reverberates all the way up through the, the, the stand. And hopefully that little shock mount is enough to keep it from rattling the mic and it wasn't. All the way to now where it's like, I'll, I will say the, the like rolling carefully practice has definitely gotten better. Speaking of DMMD, I kept thinking like we should do a DMMD, like an entire 20 minute segment on how to correctly roll your dice. Because there are just so many times where people like they'll wing their dice across the table. It'll fly off the table. They'll throw their dice down. I'm like, what are you doing, you animal? I've seen people waterfall their dice from like two feet above the table, and I'm like, uh, no, 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 they're gonna go everywhere. What are you doing? <laughs> the audio will be you terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Even at a home game, the audio will be terrible. <laughs> Yes, get get yourself a, a, a dice tray. They're really good. God, Make yourself so a dice tray or buy one from Alpha Comics and Games at Willow Lawn, Richmond, Virginia, where <laughs> I work. Where you work. In kind of in that vein, we were talking about the like the some of the sound changes that have occurred throughout the years with the like earlier episodes all being all of us around one table. I was specifically referencing one instance where somebody went to grab a core book off of the shelf and then all the books fell oh, over. Yeah. And I it was just that. like such a clatter and clamor. But like Oh, I I, I remember that that moment because I uh I I put in like this mechanical trap sound right before <laughs> it, and so you just hear this eh, click and then smash. And everyone's <laughs> like, ah what happened? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we said that the shelf had been booby trapped. It was a brilliant uh, moment. I was I so glad that. for that audio production. That, those are those are some of my favorite moments. I will say uh, early on was discovering the the relationship between in production, like like it in recording and post production. Gabe's where everyone's like, Gabe, throw this sound effect in there, type of thing. We actually had uh, one, one of our listeners one time that I was talking to them and they were like, so how do you do the sound effects like in recording? Like that's, they're really clean. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. They're all, I mean, unless I make something with my mouth type of thing, uh, it's all post-production. And they're like, oh, I guess that makes more sense. It just comes across so like back and forth, like they say a thing and you make the thing happen. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> post-production i i have always enjoyed the conversation with the cast and production gabe where it's like just leaving you little love notes in the audio uh-huh. uh, <laughs> some of which i cut the guys no wait <laughs> <laughs> asking you for specific sound effects and very occasionally you will just be like no no and yeah <laughs> I, I, I specifically went out and found I, I had an idea early on in the podcast that like I didn't want my voice to be on it other than like the accidental like cackling in the distance. And so I like I, I went out and found a uh, a no like voiceover thing, a, a public domain no. And I was just like, yeah, sounds good, <laughs> but I want to make it sound more threatening. So I like made it a little more robotic. Oh, you gave like, it. Yes. You gave it some really good reverb, too, if I recall. Yes, and I, that that is labeled "sound guy no" in my uh, 
in my library. I love that so much. So anytime something happens, I'm like, that's not going to happen. I'm like, but Gabe, come on. No. <laughs> Insert reverb here. It's It's been fascinating to hear your sound collection library grow. Yeah. We were talking about the period where Alon edited episodes briefly, and I distinctly recall, you know which episodes Alon edited because they're back during, like, I want to say, like, the Bronze Temple. They're mm-hmm. kind of in that in that neighborhood. I think it was almost the whole, sh- like, the shrine, the Bronze Shrine or something like that. Maybe it was the shrine. Regardless, whichever whichever of those two Bronze Dragon-based buildings it was, right. you know that Alon did the editing on those episodes because there's an elevator ding yes. in every episode because he loves that sound effect so much. Ah. It is. It's a. It was a great. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I think it was the temple because that was when you all were dealing with all the doors, and the looping hallways. Yep. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I adore that uh, elevated thing. And also, I couldn't find it for the longest time because I had, I had forgotten that it was. It was obviously it was a lot on Alon's computer, and so I put it onto my external hard drive, but I never moved it onto my laptop's hard drive for the longest time and so i was like where the heck is this elevator ding where i want to use it it's a good sound and then eventually i I found it again and i I, uh, put it on there and i think i used it again during the um oh doll witch episodes a couple of the times i think i do recall that occurring at least once there's at least like five more times that uh boom comes up it's, it's, good. A, it's a good sound. It's a good sound. I specifically, I was thinking of like the development from back when you were just doing like the occasional like hammer hitting metal sound to indicate that we were walking through a marketplace mm-hmm. or uh, the crowd. Oh, my God. I remember the, the crowd gasps and things sound effects <gasps> that you used to use all the time. Yes so good i definitely started with like it was partially dependent on the kit that i had but a lot of the stuff like in in my head it was becoming like audio theater so that that's why there was a lot of the like the and (laughs) and things like that oh no like a like a a pantomime theater kind of thing i'm Uh expecting y'all to be like solonar sneaking no he isn't yes he is no he isn't (laughs) I love it so much. It's all so good. But then more recently, you've been doing things like the deer scare sound was uh. so clean. And the like, I don't know if the echo was part of the sound effect or if you put that in, but that was so perfect for the scene. Like, uh, deer scare sound? The uh, one that, that, that we you were, all made together? We were... No. <laughs> 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 No, I'm talking about when we were in the uh, oh the deer scare boats, the actual boats father's the monastery scarer. with the bamboo yeah yes uh no that I don't uh, th- I that's that's a mixture of like two or three different sound effects to get the right timbre and sound um, oh my god because uh, I, I I couldn't get something that like like that had the clunk clunk kind of thing the two clunks at the same time or that were just after each other to make it sound like a piece of bamboo tilting in on itself um and then the splash of water the very faint splash uh which you could barely hear um most of the time but that was the idea i loved it 
I, I mean, I was the one who introduced the concept, so of course I loved yeah. it. But I also, like, really loved it. Like, when I finally heard it, I was like, Gabe, <laughs> yes. And then there was, I know you said you mixed it in on a lot of other points during those episodes, but there's the point where Koza is like, oh, oh, I can just use my staff. And Solonar's like, yeah, if we had your staff. And then there's that moment of silence, and you did the deer <laughs> scare in that gap. <laughs> 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 like... Oh, Gabe's so good at editing. Yeah, I, I, uh, or thank you. Um, I, when I, when I, when I made that sound, I made it specifically for like one or two spots. But then you, you, uh, Solonar said the comment, or, or Josh, I can't remember, but said, made the comment that you could hear it from just about anywhere. And so I was like, well, this is going through the whole episode now. <laughs> and so I just did like copy paste and just moved it all across the episode. And then as I was going through the episode and doing like checks and moving stuff around, I would grab it and move it like within like a three minute space from where I had just randomly placed it to put it in the right spot. So oh. it wasn't like over someone talking or something like that. So good. Um, so and the, good. And the, the, the Koza awkward pause. I love putting things in an awkward pause. Sometimes it works out. Uh, sometimes I don't think it's as funny as I hoped it was. And that is definitely, I mean, I'm always going to be the, I hope I'm the hardest critic on myself. There might be a, a, a harsher critic for me out there. I'm ready for it. Criticize me. I dare you. <laughs> I won't cry. You won't, cowards. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like that, 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 that there, there's so many different like sounds that I like putting into like, Early on, there were a lot of like little cough sounds that I would put in an there's awkward this, pause. There's this one cough that you used a lot, specifically early. I think I've heard it once or twice more recently. That sounds, it always sounds to me like Gaswin coughing. Because it's like, oh, is it? <coughs> yeah. Uh, so that, there's, there's a sound effect that I have that's like, it's this person just coughing. And so it's just like, <laughs> and the last one is just like, oh, I love this one. So I cut it down to that last one. <laughs> And put it around, and it's just that like tongue out, like <laughs> sound of like that's just the perfect cough. It sounds it's so good. It sounds so intentional of a cough that it couldn't possibly be an actual cough. I have, I have, because of the way you've used it, I have likened it to our show's version of the like crickets in the background when a joke yeah. doesn't land. Because like one of the characters will say something and there'll be that awkward pause while everyone's like, how do I respond to this? And you'll drop in there. <coughs> yes. Uh, I, I've also, turns out a good cricket sound effect isn't the easiest thing to find. I can imagine it's not, even though I'm sure there's a few. I've, I've used a couple just like suddenly crickets in the podcast, but most of them are like field recordings of crickets that come with like cicadas and wind and rustling grass <laughs> in the background and so i'm like okay how do i make this so there's a couple times like in earlier episodes where you'll hear uh if you hear crickets it's kind of like this crickets but then also like this whoosh of wind as i'm trying to like gate the audio around the cricket sound as oh best i God. can so it doesn't sound like suddenly there's a wind <laughs> with the crickets i try to make it a little more subtle but yeah, I, I I like I like the cough. I like the um, uh, what was another one that I used to fill that fill the, those awkward spaces? I did I did a fart sound one time. I have like two fart sound sound effects, and I'm pretty sure I put one of those. Like someone says something, and it just little. <laughs> there was one. There was one that one of the uh, one of our friend fans mentioned, 
where that is that is a friend who is also a fan. Oh, good. <laughs> where during the episode where we're exploring the slaver's ship, oh, there God. is a moment where Solinar <laughs> goes, hold on, listen, can you hear that? And in that moment of silence, I think... I'm not sure it's you, but it sure sounds like you whispering, "Pee pee poo poo, man." I, I will say I, I've I've gotten a lot better over the. I I did some uh, like like vocal training classes, uh, vocal coach classes, and things like that, and so I know like various things about how to work around mics, how to talk properly into mic, how to do specific things with mics, like whisper into them without causing the <laughs> sounds. <laughs> And and so, but I've gotten a lot better at actually doing those things with like the practical, experiential knowledge instead of just reading and understanding and and things like that, like being able to whisper. I really thought that that sound effect came across way quieter than it did in the episode. I'm 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 fine as long as people think it's still funny. I'm I'm here for it. But when I mixed it the first time, it was subtle. And then when so- I listened to it in the car, it was like. Beep, beep, boop, boop, man. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that was a lot louder. <laughs> so I will say I didn't notice it on my first listened through. Oh, gorgeous. It was okay. when they listened to it and commented on it that I was like, wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> well, that, that was like, that's literally exactly what I was hoping for. I was hoping that people would miss it or that some people would miss it. Some people might catch it maybe on a re-listen or something like that. It was That was my goal with that sound because i wanted it to seem like it was completely silent i'm so excited for this episode to come out and that episode specifically to just get a spike in downloads as people uh-huh. are like excuse me <laughs> <Beep, beep, boop. laughs> there are many times where i like i will i will listen to a scene and i'll, I'll do like the, the little like checks and balances to make sure audio is good maybe i'll throw in some music and, and, and I'll hear you all talk about specific things to help me create what the soundscape for that scene is. And then I'll pause and I'm like, wait, can I make this funnier? Or slash, can I make this funny? Because like, like in that scene, it's somewhat serious. And I'm like, oh, wait, I feel like there's a joke here somewhere. Like my, my joke senses starts tingling. I'm like, where is it? Where's the joke? And I have to sift for it sometimes. Uh, sometimes it's as easy as like a, just putting the little whop, 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 whop in there. Or like the 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 drum rim shot, which that like there have been some times that it, it it amazes me. Like you all will tell a solid joke, but it's one of those jokes like everyone's like, oh yeah, that was that was funny. But then I put the little rim shot in there, and it like enhances the joke so much, and I'm laughing at it now. One of my absolute favorite moments in the podcast. And I have no idea when this is from because it's only happened once or twice. But yeah. one of us will tell a joke, and you'll hit it with the rim shot. Mm-hmm. And then someone else will tell either a same thread joke or amplify the original joke, and you'll hit it with an expanded rim shot. Yeah, I've and got then, like four of them. <laughs> and then finally, someone gives like the ultimate, like the closeout of that joke, and you hit it with the like full drum roll into the rim shot. Yeah. And just like, I, I always want to be like, yay, we did it. <laughs> you got you got the, the three points. Yes, that... um. Uh, we we've done yeah we've definitely done that a bunch of times. There was one recent one uh, that I can't remember. I, I remember Alon uh, really liked the like the the just how that came out with like setup joke, toss a joke, close out joke, and it's like oh it was so good. <laughs> I rem- I remember I remember boats. That's all I remember. 
something having to do with boats was the was another time that I did that. One of the times that y'all were around boats, which is not not gravy boat, the actual vehicle. I feel like we made a reference to boats. That might have been it. It might have been when we were going down the Azrai River. Because mm. there was something about like making things canon because he had the one cannon on the ship. Yeah. Something, oh, I also remember. Something about that. I think. In, in, in that vibe, one of my favorite times when you all are doing like you're you're just running through joke after joke after joke. What, what's, what was the guy's name? Crazy Tony's discount ponies crazy tony's discount ponies i remember Gosh, that that yes. was such a good bit and like like at, at first i was like do i put a do i put a rim shot of it and i was like no this just needs like some madcap music behind it so i just got some like like it just it needed like a full drum section for that bit because it was just running off joke after joke after joke uh, oh my god the whole and then the- I, I i intentionally put a thing like it would always it would end like as as Alex was laughing and dying, and then it would it would end, and then Alan would start the joke up again, and the music would start. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, such a uh, hilarious sequence! It was it I, was good. I just loved the idea of ponies as like in in Virian because they don't have cars. You've got ponies that are just like up on cinder blocks in someone's yeah. yard, like. Oh, she'll still run. She's still good. We just got to get a good set of legs on her. You get a good set of legs. <laughs> you might you might go with wheels. Wheels would be still, a good way to go. I still I I really want to see my uh pony with uh tarantula legs. Oh god. Somewhere. I need no. this. No. It would be so if you're so good at multiple terrain. <laughs> it's your all-terrain pony. Oh god. You can take it on the beach. Can't take ponies on the beach normally. I guess you can. I don't know. I don't ride horses. <laughs> I'm not the horse person. That is Alex's mother. Right. And <laughs> and historical Alex. And historical Alex. So I, Back I would in the love, 1800s. I would love to explore a little bit of some of your favorite moments from the podcast because we get to talk a lot about, you know, stuff we loved doing especially during recording what mm-hmm. are what was one of the things that you really enjoyed early on in the show that it could have been something you did even where it was like god i'm so glad that came out like that <laughs> wow there there are a lot like this this is the podcast has definitely been a like a, a creative outlet for me in a lot of areas and so there are a lot of moments where i I've, I've like poured a whole lot into an episode which has created some fantastic moments and 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 also like just the 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 communication i think my consistently my favorite part my favorite parts have always been when you all toss ideas out to me and then i have to find a way to make them happen or deny them and like that that relationship i've really enjoyed gosh i'm trying to think of like a favorite because there's so many from early on i definitely really loved when johannes went mouse mode and annihilated the dragon priest spoilers (laughs) just because like to to me that's that's like the 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 quintessence of johannes and that and and alan's play style where it's like i'm just gonna try something let's see if it works and it works too well and everyone's like what the heck man he's like look i didn't expect to be here (laughs) i'm i'm hello I'm Johannes. <laughs> That's all I got. 
I mean, one of one of Alon's greatest strengths as a player is how hard he leans into the results of the dice. Yes. Yes. Like with his um uh mattress armor. <laughs> and how weirdly well that worked. It worked so well. Or the parachute pants. Those are those are some some of my some of my favorite moments. I'm trying to think. There was there was one that I, I was thinking of uh yesterday with Gravy Boat. Oh, I mean, it definitely was early on with the with the the conversations like with Benna and like, oh, I, I yeah, like or, or like the guards where it's like, look here, buddy, I'm gonna roll like seduction, <laughs> and then it's like, hey, how you doing? I'm gonna roll to intimidate. <laughs> yeah, like the, the just what? completely what? <laughs> backwards presentation from Boat of what he wanted to do. Yes, uh, I think that that's definitely Brandon, uh, in in a lot of areas like getting into the role of boat and then having possibly less control over boat than he anticipated <laughs> so it, he, like in brandon's mind it's like all right i'm gonna intimidate this person hey baby how you doing <laughs> and then brandon's like wait that's not exactly what i wanted but sure let's go which I, I've, I've definitely done that many times where i like i un- unintentionally let a character slide away from me and then i'm like no 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 reel that back in I seem to recall the uh, Nelson Moses Solinar interaction. Yeah, was one you did not anticipate being quite so sweaty. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I just there, there was like there's something that you said is Solinar that I I leaned into it, and when I leaned into it, Nelson Moses leaned into it very erotically, and I was like, because <laughs> I remember like looking at you as I'm talking. And in my, uh, through my eyes, I'm trying to say, like, Josh, I don't know what's happening. Stop this. I could, but my mouth is going like, so what are you doing later? <laughs> I could see the vague expression of horror on your face as Nelson Moses spoke through you. Like, it was, <laughs> it was a powerful moment. <laughs> Josh, help, I'm being possessed. <laughs> what I mean to say is uh, your eyes sparkle with the ghost of your past. Oh, God. <laughs> What what do you think would be one of your most recent favorite moments from the podcast? Hmm. I definitely one of those one of those moments like we we were just talking about with like the 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 chains of jokes. There was an episode really recently like 3 or 4 ago. I'm trying to remember what it was, but like it just there there are so many moments and something I love when I'm editing the podcast is like scenes that I will listen through and I like I'll listen through the whole scene uh not pausing to do any edits just because it sounds like such a through scene that I just need to hear the whole thing before I start editing it and it'll it'll just leave me laughing like full belly laughs and I'm like all right let me go back and start editing and I start going through and as I'm trying to edit I, I'm still laughing at these scenes and like I'll do like four or five passes and every single time the jokes are still getting me and I'm like this is gorgeous I love these jokes <laughs> gosh I'm trying to remember what it was but it was, it was definitely it was like two or three or yeah it was like three or four episodes ago I feel like it might have been hmm, was it when you are all were in the um the temple copper temple that might have been it there's some in the phenomenal strings of jokes especially with the uh the the flared bass uh (laughs) (laughs) there 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 were some jokes uh listeners that didn't necessarily make it into the podcast (laughs) a little spicier 
than we were going to run with, but most of them did, I will P- say. PG-13, PG-13. Yes, we're shooting for a solid PG-13. <laughs> I think what, what, <laughs> one of the ones that, that definitely got me was like, they're looking around the 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 base of the dragon for the, the flared face relic, and you're like, where, where, where's the key? Oh, I, was, I thought it was behind the dragon over here. <laughs> Just check under the tail really quick. Gosh, those are fantastic moments. Thank you.